Welcome to the Raising Great Kids podcast. I'm your host today, Kendra Fleming. If you have a middle school or high school age child, then this interview is for you. Today we are talking about online content, use of smartphones, and all things technology. It's full of helpful advice you won't want to miss. Today on the podcast, we're interviewing Matt McKee and Titania Jordan. Titania is the CMO and Chief Parent Officer of Bark Technology. You're going to have to tell us about that title when we get to you. Uh, Matt is the Vice President of Business Development for Bark technologies as well. Both of you have a heart for entrepreneurs. Matt, as I've said before, you are like a serial entrepreneur since the minute I've met you. Um, Both of you are parents and both of you are very involved in our area churches. Both of you have a heart for entrepreneurs. Both of you are parents and both of you are involved in our area churches and together you have authored the book Parenting in a Tech World. So Titania and Matt, tell us a little bit about yourselves and why you care so much about this topic. Well, thank you so much for having us. This is such an honor. And just to get right into it, I have served my entire career at the intersection of parenting and tech. I have a son who is almost 12 years old, so I am feeling Mm -hmm. these things acutely that we will be talking about. And I also struggle with social media addiction. Um, I'm on Instagram way too much. So, you know, I I, I have to navigate these issues personally as well. Yeah, for sure. And over the years, because you mentioned it, I have started Mm -hmm. several tech companies. Uh, Some were very successful that Uh I sold and (laughs) like got into private equity. Like Uh that was fun. And then others failed gloriously. Um, So, you know, in looking at technology, I've always asked the question, how do you use it for good? Mm -hmm. And then when things showed up in my house, because I have a 16 year old and a 14 year old, when they showed up in my house in ways that I didn't want them to, Mm -hmm. I said, how do we solve this problem for our own family? And really that has led me to have this passion today to help as many families as possible solve the same problems. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So parents, this is going to be a two part interview. We've already released part one, which was for parents of younger children and safety in your home and kind of protecting that space within your home. But today we're going to talk more about your middle school and your high school age student. This is the age where they have smartphones and personal devices and wide access to content. There's so much content out there, so much adult content that, uh, you know, in years past, we had other ways of protecting them from that and keeping that out of our home and different things. But now we're just kidding ourselves if we think that is true. And I meet a lot of parents uh, who are very fearful. They feel like they have kind of lost control. They have no control of what their kids are interacting with. And we're going to talk about a lot of details and a lot of really specific practical things that they can do. But uh, a lot of them feel like they can't win at this. Like they will never be able to um, help their child. And they Honestly, some of them even just give up and think they they will never win it. So from a big picture point of view, how do we give our parents hope? How do we help them have a good point of view at how they can win in this discussion of technology with their student? It's all about the relationship. Mm -hmm. Andy has said before, I'm sure you've heard it before, that later is longer. The first 20 years of your child's life is much different than the, you know, other 80 years of your child's life where you can actually be their friend. And so it's all about building that relationship with them, being the safe place for them to come talk to the toughest issues uh, that Mm -hmm. that humans have to deal with. And knowing that, uh, you know, these are these are Matt's words. It's win the war, not every Mm -hmm. battle. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a long term play. Um, There will be bumps in the road. But essentially, it's it's having those frequent, candid 
tough conversations with them in, in a very open and honest way because the relationship is key. Yeah. And when, when you look at yourself uh, as a parent, you're looking at someone who did not have the ability or even the availability of your parents who grew up in the same way, right? So it's not like you're going, hey, I can call my parents and ask them how they dealt with someone who had a cell phone in their house when they were, you know, 12 years old or 16 years old or whatever it is. And I'm sure you're going to ask that question of when should they get a (laughs) cell phone, but we'll get there. The the hope of a parent truly is this. Um, Whenever... Uh, whenever you can, just know that the relationship with your kid is the best parental control that you will ever have. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, uh, even when they do mess up, and I love Titania's phrase, good kids make bad choices. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see it over and over and over. Yeah. And no matter what parameters technology-wise you put into place, they are one Reddit search away <laughs> from being able to overcome that. Yeah. So the thing that they won't be able to overcome or no one will be able to stop is that relationship that you have with your kid. Right. I love that. And a a relationship really is what gives you influence. And for some of you whose kids are younger, you might still be living in the world where uh, you have a lot of control and what you say does happen or else punishments or things like that. But um, for those of you that can already see it happening and as a mom who's got kids in their 20s, uh, you quickly start navigating from control and directive and obedience talk to influence and relationship uh, and being able to influence their wise choices versus telling them to make wise choices. So talk to me a little bit about how we have influence in this conversation, how we ask good questions, how we have, you know, ongoing conversations. I want to start with the theme of empathy, Uh meaning... You know, when we were teenagers, if someone broke up with us, we didn't have the (laughs) lovely opportunity to go to our smartphones and see that they were in a relationship with somebody else five minutes later Mm -hmm. or Insta stories of them, you know, being romantic with each other. Mm -hmm. It wasn't in our face. Uh, If we didn't get invited to a sleepover or that T-Swift concert, Mm -hmm. uh, we might know about it, but we didn't have to see a live stream Mm -hmm. of the things we were not a part of. Um, If we were struggling with body image issues or acne or, you know, the the, the comparison trap of, wow, my house does not look like that – You only saw that if you went over there. Uh, It wasn't an all-the-time feeling of being on. Uh, The the pressure to um, send nude photos of yourself Mm -hmm. uh, literally didn't exist in our day. Uh, It's it's very pervasive now. So you've got to start with the empathy of just think about if there was – I mean, if there were smartphones when I was in college, Mm -hmm. goodness gracious. Yeah. Goodness gracious. They probably would not have ordained me as a pastor. <laughs> right? So start with empathy and come to your children with the, you know, honestly, I I couldn't imagine being a child or someone your age in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to be your safe place and help mm-hmm. you navigate this. Because I, I honestly don't know if I could have done it. Yeah. You're, you're much stronger yeah. than, uh, than I am. Yeah. I love that. Instead of a an overbearing point of view or a seeking to control point of view, step back and be empathize and listen and ask questions and 
and understand they are navigating things that are too hard for them that we never had to navigate. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So kind of coming back to it, how do we build that relationship? How do we have good open communication with our kids so we have influence in their lives? Yeah. I'll never forget. I was running a startup um, and, and we were building all these different apps. In fact, you know, we built over 4,000 apps in four years. Like it was uh, hair on fire. And, you know, uh, we as a family uh, were sitting down for dinner one night mm-hmm. And when you're running a company, I mean, you always feel like you have to be on, mm-hmm. like you are always there. And I, I remember receiving, it was probably 10 or 12 text messages that night during dinner. Mm-hmm. And I was responding. And both of my boys, you know, they were younger and they looked at me and, and they, I knew the phone was more important than they were. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and because of that, uh, that modeling mm-hmm. that the phone was more important than my kids mm-hmm. um, said a whole lot to them. And it also made us as a family say, okay, what does success look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, does it look like uh, me not being on my phone four nights a week? Mm-hmm. Now, I, at first I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but you start setting different expectations mm-hmm. uh, and that modeling and seeing what you celebrate and mm-hmm. whatever you celebrate is what you value mm-hmm. uh, as a family. Uh, so you have to take that into consideration. Uh, th- those are some of the the most important times mm-hmm. uh, that you will have with your kids mm-hmm. and, and celebrating different things. Yeah. So tell me about how to ask good questions to get them talking. Um, I know both of you say don't ask just yes or no questions, but ask some good open-ended type questions. And I know your book talks a a lot about like what are some good questions to get them talking. Uh, And this conversation is ongoing. It's not a one-time conversation, right? It's a daily, weekly, dinner time, bedtime kind of conversation. So talk to me a little bit about how do we weave this into our daily life with our kids? Yeah, you know, it it makes me chuckle <laughs> to think about when we were younger and like it was like have your parents had the birds and the bees conversation? And uh-huh. it's like the meaning one singular yeah. conversation, you know, for a really big decision. Um, no, it's it's multiple conversations at multiple points in their growth and development that are age appropriate for that stage of growth and development. Uh, so it, it's you can't just expect to get to a really good place where the music kicks in and there's a happy ending from one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've really got to touch on a topic multiple times over the course of many years. And to that point, as your kids get older, you know, you're, you're not their whole world anymore. They mm-hmm. have other interests. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not yeah. interesting. In fact, you're not cool. Uh, <laughs> and you're going to struggle to connect with them and relate to them. And you're going to crave quality time with them. Mm-hmm. Well, one way that you can do that is by asking really relevant questions about their world. Hey, I see you've spent like five hours on this thing called Fortnite. Like, can I play with you? Mm-hmm. You know, will you show me what to do? And, oh, you're into this Minecraft thing? Like, that's really cool. Uh, so asking your child to explain uh, the tech that they're involved in to you because you want to learn about it is, A, a way to bond, and B, a way for you to use that parental lens of, mm-hmm. hmm, is there like live chat on this with literally anyone in the whole wide world? Interesting. We should talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever seen anything that maybe made you upset or, or that you maybe had questions about? We can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kids aren't out looking for content uh, that makes them cringe. <laughs> but they come across <laughs> yeah. content all the time that makes them cringe. Yeah. And it's just because of your curiosity. Yeah. You know, as a parent, I, I, 
Well, here's what I wish every parent in the world would ask their kid. If you could create anything in the world, what would you create? Mm -hmm. Because the idea of creation versus consumption Mm -hmm. when it comes to technology will tell Mm -hmm. you everything about your kid. Mm -hmm. Just because they're consuming a lot of whatever it is, Instagram or Twitter or what, you know, uh, once you ask the creation aspect, Mm -hmm. it will change. Mm -hmm. It will change who your kid is because they can't create and consume at the Mm -hmm. same time. Mm -hmm. Like even um, for my oldest son, Mm -hmm. that's really what changed our family. Because I asked him, uh, Mm -hmm. we we were having a consumption issue Mm -hmm. and we said, what do you want to create? Since then, uh, he's released uh, an EP, a full album. Mm -hmm. He's released multiple singles. Mm -hmm. Uh, And look, he's been able uh, to create a lot of impressive, Mm -hmm. really great music Mm -hmm. uh, around this and not consume as much. Uh, And it's really gotten him away from uh, a lot Mm -hmm. of bad things in his life that we didn't want him to do anyway, because he's more focused on, hey, if I could create something, what would it be? Do you have any other good examples of some open-ended questions? Yeah. You know, one thing that um, I want to point out is that no kid wants to offer up information that could potentially lose access for them. You know, they don't want to give up their access to entertainment and friends. So asking them questions about things that you have seen Mm -hmm. that are uh, heartbreaking or interesting Mm -hmm. uh, about their peers um, can open doors to uh, open-ended conversations. You know, hey, did you hear about that kid that met up with a stranger that he met on Snapchat? What do you think about that? He had to have known better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I, I heard about this child that, you know, died by suicide and he was only 10 years old and his parents had no idea. You know, do you know of any kids that are maybe being bullied? And mm-hmm. what do you think about that? You know, really mm-hmm. asking just what do they think about things can mm-hmm. open the door to conversations and it takes the spotlight off of them and puts it on the issue mm-hmm. where you and they can align on the issue. And uh, it's the idea of, can you teach me how? Yeah. Can you teach me how that device works? Can you teach me how that app works? Mm-hmm. And even if you're not even that interested yeah. and you may end up <laughs> in places that you really don't even want to be, because uh, yeah. you may not really care mm-hmm. how TikTok works, yeah. But you will get to see all the different <laughs> videos so that you can then direct uh-huh. or influence your kid and yeah. in saying, um, hey, okay, why do you want to be a TikTok <laughs> dancing star? Yeah. Like, uh, that's fine. Let's, yeah. let's talk about that yeah. so that you can influence them in ways that you didn't before because you didn't ask the question, can you teach me how? Yeah, I love that. Um So when my kids were really little, we had a really regular bedtime routine, which I think a lot of parents do, which was tucking them in, talking about their day, praying with them. And um, it just opened, you know, they were just ready to talk about all kinds of things. But as they got older, they kind of moved that routine to my bed. Like they would come and plop on my bed. And I just noticed that the habit of starting that really young actually flipped to a really healthy habit when they were in like middle school and high school. And so I just made the personal practice of being upstairs and like laying on my bed reading or whatever when they were starting to like do their wind down for the night because they would just plop on my bed. I could always tell when somebody had kind of something that they wanted to talk about because they were used to that being the the time of day. For this age group too, 
I have talked to my children many times in the car about sex when they were looking straight forward, and uh, I knew it was going to be kind of embarrassing for them, probably more than for me, but uh, I definitely wanted to just keep having that conversation. So again, I really recommend for this age group talking in the car when they're uh, looking forward and you're not making eye contact and it can feel potentially more casual um, and also, just don't feel like you have to talk about everything in one setting. <laughs> like little drips here and there is about all they need and all they can take uh, as you go along. So, uh, but I love the idea that relationships are first, and you do gain influence in the small things that you do on a consistent basis that build relationships with your kids. I think that's so important. Okay, so this is the really important question all middle school parents are wanting to know. How old is your child old enough? When is your child old enough to have a smartphone? Uh, answers we need. We need your answers. <laughs> okay, so there <laughs> it's is a, a tough one. There is well, there is a yeah. movement out there uh, that's called wait till eight. Uh-huh. Uh, now, uh, for our family, and, yeah, uh, and I, this is very vivid. Um, our oldest son was getting ready to go to middle school, mm-hmm. public school, so we're not even you know private, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we're sitting in the parents' meeting uh, for him to go into sixth grade. Uh-huh. So we're sitting down, and the principal at the school says, "Hey, if you need to make any changes to your kid's schedule during the day, just send them a text." Uh-huh. Now, the assumption. From the principal and the school of the public school that we were going to was, your sixth grader will have a cell phone. It may not be a smartphone, but at least Mm -hmm. it was going to be a cell phone. So if you need anything... Now, since then, they have stopped that. Okay. Um, But... When he was going into sixth grade, that was just it. Yeah. Uh, because what they saw was uh, kids were uh, too addicted, too connected to their phones that mm-hmm. they weren't also learning. Yeah. Um, so when is it a good time for your kid to get a smartphone? Mm-hmm. I like to say, you know, the same time that you'd give your kid a knife mm-hmm. and say, start helping with dinner. Yeah. Because what you're saying is, hey, physically, emotional mm-hmm. inte- intelligence, you're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and many parents will look at their eight-year-old and go, no, they're not ready for a knife to help <laughs> cut a tomato for dinner tonight. Yeah. Uh, or for me to hand over dinner yeah. you know, to them. Yeah. Uh, because that's really what you're doing, mm-hmm. uh, is that you're giving them a device that can also be very helpful and yeah. very hurtful. And the same things that you would put in place, mm-hmm. because you're not just going to hand them a knife. You're going to do it. You're going to say, hey, here's how you do that. Here's what you're looking for. Like all of these different conversations, parameters Mm -hmm. um, will go into the idea before you hand them a knife. Yeah. Know that what you're doing with technology Mm -hmm. is awesome, but also can be very hurtful. Sure. Sure. So here's the here's the short answer to the question that everybody's wondering right now. And it's at 11 years, six months. That is the time all kids should get a smartphone. (laughs) And I'm totally kidding, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Unfortunately. I wish that was true. You knew the exact date and moment. Yeah, 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 to the day. Uh, No, unfortunately, there is no right age. Every child is different developmentally, emotionally, mentally, physically. They're different. And you have to trust your parental instinct. Also, you have to take into account family dynamics Mm -hmm. and and even health issues. For example, children with food allergies Mm -hmm. or anxiety 
might have comfort knowing they have that lifeline Mm -hmm. in their pocket. Now you as their parent need to make it in some ways a dumb phone so Mm -hmm. they can't access certain things. Uh, But, you know, maybe they need that capability. Mm -hmm. Also families that uh, live in in dual households, Mm -hmm. the ability to talk to the other parent, uh, you know, is critical and you don't want to deny them that right. I remember struggling with giving my son a smartphone at the age of 10, I believe. Uh, He... uh, went to a school that was pretty far away from our house and he had to be on a bus and there's some mm-hmm. kids that, that weren't very nice to him. And if he had the watch, mm-hmm. right, that was speakerphone, everybody would hear me saying, is everybody being nice to you? <laughs> you know, like that's one way to get bullied. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he needed the ability to text me on the DL yeah. and, and be like, hey, things aren't so good or hey, things are great. Yeah. Um, and so really every child is different. Um, there is no one good age for your child to get a smartphone. The better question uh, to ask is, have I had the age-appropriate conversations with my child about pornography, mm-hmm. mental health, mm-hmm. online predators, uh, violence, and, and all the things that it's not a matter of if, but when they will encounter, mm-hmm. you need to be having those conversations with them yeah. so that when they do get access either directly or at a friend's house mm-hmm. on a school bus from a babysitter, mm-hmm. they are better equipped to deal with them. Yeah. And you don't have to jump into giving your kids an iPhone, even though it's your old one. Yeah. Like, that's just what happens, right? It's because (laughs) parents will go, well, I have this. This one's easy. And you hand it down. Uh, There are some great companies out there. Uh, One's called Gab Wireless. Uh Another one's called Pinwheel. Uh, They have platforms that are smartphones that also limit. So that uh, they're not interacting with the masses. uh, And they've got a bunch of different controls in place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are just some of the examples. There's a bunch of others, but uh, look, just make sure as a parent, you're like, no, no, I'm ready to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're ready to have the conversation, then maybe you're ready for the connection. If you're not having the conversation, forget about the connection. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Okay. So I have been married to a police officer for 30 years. So he has like been well aware of what the world, what is really like out there. And uh, if anything, I've had to be the one that is like calming of safety around our house, you know, kind of thing that we don't have to be like so hyper vigilant or hyper protective. But I would love for you guys to just take a minute since we're talking to parents of middle school and high schoolers about uh, at Bark Technology, what are the things that you are seeing? What do parents need to be aware of? How young? I think that's the most shocking thing a lot of times for parents that uh, they think, oh, I just don't have to have that conversation till they're in high school or uh, till they're, you know, heading to high school or about to graduate or whatever that is. Tell us a little bit about, like, what are the things that you see that parents need to be aware of and how, what are the ages that you're starting to see these things? Yeah, so just full disclosure, if you've got something like a stress ball mm-hmm. to grab onto or something to bite down on, <laughs> now is the time to prep yourself because I'm about to rock your world uh, with facts. Um, Also, before I get into those facts, want to tell everybody about an amazing resource. It's a documentary called Childhood 2.0. You know, childhood was one way up Mm -hmm. until about the year 2000, and then it's been very different since then. Uh, You can watch it for free on YouTube and Amazon and a host of other places, but I highly recommend it's about 90 minutes, and it's going to tell you both from parents, from data, from experts, and from teenagers themselves, what life is like now for kids in this mm-hmm. tech world. So childhood 2.0. Okay, so now you're, you're grabbing on your stress ball. You're ready to hear the hard stuff. Um, 
one thing that still blows me away is that sexting is the new first base. Uh, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade, you might think about having your first kiss back in the day. Not anymore. Now children have devices in their pockets that can snap photos and they're kids, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Good kids make bad choices. Their frontal lobes are not fully formed until they're in their early 20s. They're going to make some bad choices, though, devices. Um, so, yeah, sexual content, I believe, is parents' biggest fear of it, their children being exposed to it. And newsflash, over 75% of kids are exposed to content of a sexual nature online uh, every day. And so just being aware of that will help you frame those those conversations that, that you need to have. Also, another fact that is absolutely gut-wrenching, is that suicide is the second leading cause of death in children in this country. Second leading cause of death. Uh, children as young as six, seven, eight are, are dying by suicide. Uh, they, they feel there is no other way out. And it's heartbreaking uh, for many reasons, including the stigma that, that we as a country have historically attached to issues around mental health. I know some families are even afraid to use the word suicide in a conversation with their child. And, you know, believe it or not, they already know what that word is. Mm -hmm. They've been exposed to that concept uh, on YouTube, etc. So you've got to be able to have those tough conversations. Finally, again, while I'm just <laughs> Debbie Downer, I'm sorry, but it's reality. Um, just over the course of this year alone, uh, we've seen a rise in online predation, 23% more alerts that we've sent out around your children being encountered, uh, being contacted by online predators. Nobody wants to think that the um, lawyer, the dentist, the teacher, the family man down the street could possibly be an online predator. But unfortunately, that is the reality. Um, there is no one stereotype. They could be anybody, and they are smart. They know how to contact your children. They know how to groom your children. They know how to manipulate your children. And your children uh, might be too scared to raise that with you for fear of retribution or loss uh, of access to their one form of entertainment or connection. Mm -hmm. I could go on, but yeah. I'm going to throw to Matt before yeah. I just make yeah. everybody cry. And the other thing that we've seen, uh, we've seen a, a, a real rise in uh, suicidal um, ideation mm -hmm. uh, in terms of this year uh, yeah. in over the past year I should say uh, the number of alerts mm -hmm. that we send for imminent suicidal uh, severe cases mm -hmm. um, is also on the rise the number of uh, childhood predators that we've turned into the FBI mm -hmm. um, I, it's unbelievable um, what we see as a company yeah. And if people aren't familiar, uh, Bark is an artificial intelligence company mm -hmm. that helps schools and families mm -hmm. monitor what they're responsible for, mm -hmm. called their kids and their students. Uh -huh. And uh, because you're responsible for those, uh, you really should be. Yeah. Um, if something is objectionably happening to your kids mm -hmm. or um, or your kids are stumbling upon, mm -hmm. then you as a parent should be notified. Yeah. You should receive a bark yeah. uh, that says, hey, here's the conversation to have with your kid yeah. because they just saw a video on YouTube mm -hmm. that had gun violence in it or had uh, someone who was hurting themselves or cutting. Yeah. Uh, there's all these different things uh, that are happening and it's not because our kids are going out and looking for it again. Right. It's because their curiosity, mm -hmm. um, it, well, is peaked or 
a friend has sent it to them. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to be uh, worried about content that our kids saw on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's content that users are creating. There is more user content today yeah. than ever before. So if you ever see a channel, mm-hmm. no matter where that channel is of chat, then that means that a user is generating content that could, that your kids could come across yeah. that leads them someplace else. Yeah. I, I was really floored over this past year mm-hmm. that we found out that there was uh, content within the Bible app mm-hmm. uh, because there's chat. Yeah. And because of that, I'm not saying don't let your kids get on the Bible app. Yeah. I'm just saying know that wherever chat is yeah. happening, that it's going to lead to something else, mm-hmm. no matter if they're six years old or 18 years old. Uh, So again, um, just know that it is very prevalent uh, and you do have to be cautious. So this is heartbreaking to me. I mean, my my whole team, we we care about kids and students and I know that you guys do too, but I don't want parents to like get stuck there or to think that they can't do anything. And your book is so helpful, which um, we'll talk about more as we go through about just very practical things. So let's just start like at the base level and let's talk about educating our kids. So we talked about this a lot more with the younger kids, like kind of educating on terms and things like that. But Think about a sixth grader, an 11 year old, you know, a 12 year old, a middle schooler, a high schooler. Uh, What kind of like just educational concept discussions do we need to have to help our children just understand uh, the potential risk of technology? Yeah, I like to start with analogies. Analogies are a beautiful thing. Um, You can say to them, hey, you know, when I got you your first bike, you had to wear a helmet. Yeah, that's because there's a lot of kids that got really, really hurt. Uh, before helmets were mandated. And you know how when we get in a car, we all wear seatbelts? Mm-hmm. And P.S., we have car insurance. And when you drive a car, you're going to have to go through a year of driver's ed. Yeah, That's for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with with great tools come great responsibility. Um, fire alarms, carbon monoxide detectors, sunscreen. I can go on and on. Well, this little device that can access the internet mm-hmm. means you can access the entire world yeah. 24-7-365 and even scarier, the entire world can yeah. access you. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't drop your second grader off at a mall and come back three hours later. Yeah. Just how much more so, you know, are you giving them exposure and vice versa with technology? So start with analogies. Kids can relate to analogies. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, specifically with regards to social media, because the internet is one one bag, yeah. uh, but social media is a, a whole nother one. Um, it's very, very important to convey that social media is not real life. Uh, if I, in eighth grade, went to the beach, uh, first of all, I wasn't taking pictures and posting them anywhere. Uh, you know, the only people that <laughs> okay. saw me in my bathing suit and all my awkwardness uh, would be the people literally on that beach. Now, uh, people are taking pictures, posting them, uh, using filters to smooth cellulite and make, you know, six packs (laughs) exist where they actually don't and make yourselves tanner and your teeth whiter. And that can make everybody else feel really bad about themselves. Mm -hmm. So you've got to convey to your child, like, this is not real life. It's just not real life. There's always another story behind the scenes. Um, So educating them about what they're consuming Mm -hmm. and and to Matt's point, uh, maybe what they should be creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would have that conversation. 
again, going back to the whole mm-hmm. creation aspect um, and w- really what is proper and what yeah. is not. Yeah. Um, there is still etiquette yeah. that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it mean to be nice mm-hmm. on, on the yeah. web? Sometimes we forget because uh, so often we're behind a screen and so many people are so much more, uh, they're just meaner. Uh, and, and, and and seem to be more passionate for some reason, uh, because they're like, well, they don't know who I am and Mm -hmm. you don't know Mm -hmm. who they really are. Um, so when you sit down with your, you know, with your kid and they're like, Mm -hmm. okay, here it is. Uh, it, it really is. Okay. Let's, let's be kind. Yeah. Let's be nice. Yeah. Which would be unusual. Yeah. And, uh, these are the things that, uh, are appropriate, Mm -hmm. which is the reason why you might, want to be your friend mm-hmm. or their friend on social media. Yeah. Um, I, look, don't comment, don't post <laughs> yeah. uh, like all their stuff, right? <laughs> like just don't do that as Mommy a parent. Mommy loves you. Yeah, no, see, look, this isn't, <laughs> it's not that, but here's what you need to do. Um, you at least need to go, Hey, that is appropriate or that's not appropriate. And that's got to start uh, really even before you hand them the device. Yeah. And then you also need to start with one platform at a time. You know, every platform out there uh, was funded Uh and created for a purpose. Most of the time it was created because of a question. Yeah. Like when you go and you look at Instagram, the reason it was created was what are you seeing right now? So that's why people took pictures. That's why it turned into videos. Mm -hmm. And hey, I like what you're seeing. So I want to see the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what built that community. That's why investors funded it Mm -hmm. uh, because it's like, hey, this is going to be really interesting to see what happens. And Twitter, what are you doing right now? Hey, Mm -hmm. that's why it's quick. It's not long form. And that question the same thing goes for parenting when looking at a platform. Mm-hmm. What is the question that you're really trying to get your kids to answer and why they're on that platform? Mm-hmm. Which is going to limit the number of platforms that you're going to let them on. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to give them purpose. Yeah. As a parent, if you're not giving them purpose on why they're on a platform, then they might not need to be on that platform mm-hmm. to begin with. Yeah. Okay. So I have a lot of questions after all of that, but go ahead. Do you want to say something? Yeah. Yeah. I have have two more analogies that I think will really bring it home for parents. And and to Matt's point, like, let's just talk about Snapchat. What's the point of Snapchat? Yeah. Disappearing photos. Why do you, uh, 11 year old son, need to send a photo that disappears? Yeah. You know, let's talk about that. Yeah. But so now let's talk about the analogies. One is, it's a little bit violent, but uh, if if you walk up to a friend and smack them as hard as you can across the face, it's going to sting. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to sting for a while. Might even leave a bruise, but it will go away. Mm-hmm. If you write something mean to your friend in a comment under a public post, mm-hmm. uh, every time they look at those harmful words, it will sting just like that slap over yeah. and over and yeah. over again. And it won't go away, mm-hmm. which leads me to my next analogy, which is, you know, digital footprint and digital mm-hmm. permanence. A lot of kids just can't wrap their brains around the fact that that stuff on the Internet uh, will never go away. Yeah. And so you've got to convey to them much like, you know, in real life, you step in the sand, uh, a wave comes, it washes the footprint away. You're good. There's mm-hmm. no more evidence. You know, yeah. you're, you can totally get hired to get into that college like you're good. And there's no evidence. But in the digital world, it's like stepping into concrete and that concrete sets yeah. and it is there forever. You know, teach children that their friends can take a screenshot. Mm-hmm. They might tell you they've deleted it, but there's a screenshot. Mm-hmm. Also, you might be able to delete the photo, but it could live in the deleted items. Mm-hmm. Uh, it lives on a server somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and so just teaching kids that 
digital permanence is a thing. And even apps that purport uh, that their subject matter disappears, um, it doesn't. It lives on a server somewhere. Yeah. So we're heading into 2021. Are there apps at this current time that you would say I would stay away from for my kids and my students? And uh, any recommendations on apps you prefer and apps you would stay away from? Well, first and foremost, your, your kid only needs one calculator on their phone. Yeah. If they have more than one calculator, <laughs> here's what it means. Uh, there's a code that they're putting into it uh, uh, that they're hiding content. Okay. Uh, so, you know, if just look at your kid's <laughs> phone, right? Okay. Now, That's new information yeah, yeah. to me. So, so first and foremost, like just, <laughs> it's just one calculator. Okay. Like that's, that's a big one. Okay. Uh, the other one is, uh, and it really is a conversation mm-hmm. of just look, uh, how, like, why are you using this mm-hmm. one? Mm-hmm. Uh, why why is House Party a thing for you? Why is Marco Polo uh, an app that you really want to use? Yeah. Why is, like, and getting down to the roots mm-hmm. of how they're using it. Again, kids are asking a different question than yeah. we are. Yeah. Um, and because of that, we just need to understand how they're using it. For some kids, House Party may be an appropriate app for them because mm-hmm. of how they're using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you may need to be more careful yeah. on those types of um, you know platforms that are more video-based that you're not going to be able to filter or really monitor until after the fact. Yeah. Uh, just because of that, you're, you're going to have to know. You're going to have to have some hard conversations Yeah. because uh, you're not stopping live video. And live video apps, you do have to be careful with. Uh, apps that disappear. And Titania, you can talk more about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Snapchat and other things. Things that disappear are just meant uh, to be trouble. Yeah. Because look, you're not, you're mm-hmm. not wanting that to mm-hmm. stay for a reason. Yeah. And more than likely it means to hide. Yeah. What else? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting question, right? What apps are the most dangerous? <laughs> Unfortunately, it's all of them. Yeah. Any app can be used for a nefarious purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kids are using Google Docs, like school-issued Google accounts to bully each other, to exchange sexual content messages, uh, to write suicide notes. Um, kids can uh, use really any any app that has a chat, any app that can connect to the world, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok, uh, kick, you name it. Um, it's more about knowing what the app does, what the app capabilities are. Mm-hmm. Honestly, and this ties into the, but what if I'm not tech savvy? You know what? Google is your friend. Yeah. If your child downloads an app, go to Google and say, dangers of app name. Mm-hmm. Learn about what the heck the app does that your child has access to. Another thing that is really helpful too is to set up permissions on either your child's Android or iPhone device through the free built-in parental controls that come with the phone Mm -hmm. uh, to approve apps. You know, my son cannot download an app without me saying yes or no. Mm -hmm. That gives me the heads up that, hey, this is now coming into your child's world and it's time to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that's all great advice. So, I remember when uh, Snapchat was first coming out. Again, my kids are older, so it was kind of the tail end of high school, maybe into college a little bit. Uh, And I had no desire personally to have a Snapchat account. That's usually how I would learn whatever they wanted is I would just open an account myself and like try to figure it out. But I was like, I I have zero, zero desire for that. Um, But 
most of most of the time I feel pretty tech savvy. I feel like I use a lot of the same things they use and I have a basic understanding. But there are parents out there who are not tech savvy that they already are not like keeping up with current apps, much less the new things that are going to come. My one son was really into video games. And that was a world that I was very unfamiliar with. It wasn't really my um, cup of tea, so to speak, even to get my head around all the things he was doing. So what is your advice for parents who feel like, oh my gosh, it's coming at me faster than I know what to do with, uh, to remain like up to date with their kids at some level? Yeah. First of all, just know you're not alone. Give yourself some grace and some mercy. Like you are the first generation of parents that have ever had to deal with this in the history of parenting, in the history of humankind. So take a deep breath. It's all going to be okay. That's so good. I mean, right? Yeah. Uh, Speaking to myself as well. Yeah. Second thing is you've got to talk to other parents who are literally going through the same thing as you in real time, which you can do through the Facebook group, Parenting in a Tech World. Just go on Facebook, search for Parenting in a Tech World. It's a great group of over 90,000 parents that have already asked the questions you're wondering. Uh, And you can just search the group and find Mm -hmm. some really great advice. The next thing that I would recommend outside of ongoing honest conversations is some really uh, easy to implement and understand uh, ground rules. For example, we don't have smartphones in our bedroom at night. Mm -hmm. We disconnect at a certain time of the Mm -hmm. night. Uh, Deploying certain filters that can prevent the content from even coming into your child's world in the first place. Mm -hmm. You know, use the tech uh, that you pay for, uh, for your your purposes, whether it's your internet service provider, your cable service provider, uh, your, your mobile carrier, even Netflix has mm-hmm. a pin code that you can implement so your kid doesn't stumble upon really bad stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're really worried about what your kid's doing on technology, give them a reason to get off. <laughs> and it can't be that you're yeah. using technology. Yeah. I, it may be that you need to go on a vacation. Yeah. It may need that you need to start, I don't know, pick up pickleball. I, like, <laughs> I don't care what it is, right? Yeah. But give them a reason to not. Yeah. Uh, and, and when you do... Um, that you're being able to engage them in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand you're scared Mm -hmm. and and it's, you're scared because you look at a three-year-old and you go, Mm -hmm. I don't know how they just unlocked that iPad (laughs) and they got to the video that they wanted and they're watching unboxing videos, right? You're like, Oh, they, they they know Mm -hmm. more than me. Yeah. Right. And, and because of that, they don't, um, they, and you have more influence than you realize. Uh, so, look, it just means that you get to be creative. Yeah. Uh, it means that you may have to play the old license plate game when you're in the car. <laughs> like, there's, our parents had to deal with this, too. Yeah. They just may have, you know, said, sit down and shut up sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but, look, just yeah. give them a different reason. Yeah. Uh, give them a different way to express. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, there is a chapter in the book where you talk about teaching children to be good digital citizens. And you've kind of touched on that in different ways, but I think parents will be really interested in the technology contract. Um, And so I want you guys just to talk to me for a minute about the value you see in the technology contract and maybe kind of flesh that out more broadly in uh, technology is a part of their world. Like we said in a, in a different conversation, there's no difference between their real world and their technology world. Those two things are immersed. So just like we would teach them to be a good friend and a good neighbor and to be responsible and to share and be kind and all those things. Talk to me a little bit about that in the digital world and your contract, I think is really 
interesting. So uh, in the last year, mm-hmm. uh, I my oldest son turned 16. Uh, he went in for uh, a driver's ed test, uh-huh. right? He didn't have to uh, do anything. He didn't even have to have keys to a car. He went in, he took a test, and they were like, congratulations, it's now on you, parent, for the next year. And you even have to sign off that you rode with him in a car and that uh-huh. he drove so much time at night. And, yep. like, there's all this responsibility now on the parent. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to be in that car with him. <laughs> like, But there was a contract that was done between me and my government mm-hmm. uh, that when my kid turned 15, mm-hmm. that by the time he was you know, 16, uh, that we were saying for the next year of our life that we were going to walk alongside and we were going to do the best thing that we knew possible uh, and that we were responsible mm-hmm. for our kid mm-hmm. and his actions when he got behind this piece of technology called a car. Mm-hmm. Now, why in the world parents aren't doing that today mm-hmm. when it comes to their first cell phone, yeah. when it comes to their first social media um platform, when it comes across any piece of technology, we're just driving this conversation to a much younger age. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I wish that parents would implement the same things that happen Mm -hmm. when their kid turns 15 or when their kids turn 16. Now, uh, Titania, why don't you talk more about the contract and kind of what we're hoping uh, that parents get out of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm such a nerd, but one of my favorite quotes is, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And when you're handing your child a device that could uh, <laughs> ruin their lives and the life of others, there needs to be you know some rules in place. And yeah. with any major life event uh, that takes place, there's usually a contract involved. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way to just get your child ready for, again, the later is longer period of of the rest of their lives. And so the elements of the technology contract, which quick Google search, there's so many out there. We'll link to one in in the show notes Mm -hmm. uh, that we have created. You can download for free. But it's things like, I will not use these words uh, on the internet. I will not be unkind to somebody else. Um, I will not make fun of someone else. I will not be online at this time of the day or night. Uh, If my mom or dad or caregiver uh, asks me to do something, (laughs) a task, you know, dishes, take the dog out, I will in a reasonable amount of time put the phone down and go do the thing. Um, Mm -hmm. If if I see something that makes me uncomfortable, I will share with a trusted adult so that I don't get in danger. I mean, Mm -hmm. every family has a different dynamic and it's great because you can customize it for what you deem important when handing your child such a powerful tool. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so you both work for Bark Technology and I know there's lots of tools and resources out there, um, but I want to hear from you, what does Bark Technology provide? Like if a parent is trying to figure out, I have no idea, is YouTube, uh, a thing and what are the what are the parental controls and how do I shut off internet in my home at a certain time and I think those are the real questions that parents have and they would like it to be as easy as possible to be <laughs> honest like not that they don't think it's worth it and I do think they'll jump through all the hoops but it's overwhelming to think think about all of this so tell me a little bit about Bark Technology. Yeah, so Bark Technologies is a company that was actually started by a dad to help protect his own two boys in this crazy world. He actually left Twitter to start Bark, and now our our team does that every day. 
Bark Technologies is essentially layers of protection to help keep your kids safer online and in real life. So if you're worried about screen time, Mm -hmm. Bark can help you manage, monitor, and limit that time your children are spending on their devices, on their gaming consoles, Mm -hmm. etc. If you're worried about filtering and, and allowing or not allowing access to certain types of content, Bark Technologies has filtering options for you. Mm-hmm. If you are worried about all the things that we've been talking about mm-hmm. and how the heck are you going to know when your child has encountered that and what the heck are you going to do about it if and when that happens, mm-hmm. that's a really cool thing about Bark uh, with our monitoring and our artificial intelligence. We will connect to over 30 social media platforms, text messages, emails, and when our algorithm detects an issue, Mm -hmm. we will not only send that to you as the parent via text or email, like, hey, your kid encountered, let's say, an online predator on Instagram. Mm -hmm. We're also going to give you best recommended next steps for how to address that. How do you talk to your kid about online predators? Mm -hmm. What do you do if somebody sent your child an inappropriate image? What are the laws that exist if your child is being cyberbullied? So our our job as the team at Bark Technologies is to empower and equip and protect your children, help protect your children in this digital age. Mm And the alerts that you get really are contextual. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, there are some uh, companies out there that do keyword stuff, and if this word comes mm-hmm. up, uh, you know, then you are sent an alert. Um, artificial intelligence uh, isn't really that scary. Yeah, uh, it's it's humans teaching computers what to look for, mm-hmm. uh, and for us, because it's been going on for so long, mm-hmm. we have made it contextual. So we yeah. can tell you each and every night the algorithm is updated, uh, and it's updated because. We, we have 60 uh, actually employees mm-hmm. that are data annotating uh, anonymous content to go, here is what computer you are looking for. Here's what grooming means. Here's what suicidal mm. ideation means. Here's uh, all the different things. And we have signals for all these different um, components yeah. uh, for the computer to look for uh, so that human eyes aren't going through all of your kid's stuff. Yeah. You don't have time to go no. through all your kid's stuff. No. You just want to have yeah. something that says, hey, uh, you might want to look out for this. Yeah. And you even looking at influence and the idea of influence, you even get to say, I don't want to look at, I don't care if my kid maybe, yeah. you don't care if they curse or mm-hmm. if they get an acronym that means a curse word, yeah. you can turn that off. Uh, you also get to say, I only, I only want to see the severe things. Yeah. Uh, and okay, great. Uh, there are scales mm-hmm. from one to four, only severe. I mean, there's all these different things that go into play. And then we don't only do that for families. We mm-hmm. also do that for schools. Yeah. So if there's schools out there saying, hey, I wish you know there was a company that could help monitor all the issued mm-hmm. accounts and all the Chromebooks that we have that we give kids or the iPads or all those different things, uh, we actually do that for mm-hmm. free. So we, we believe every kid at every school in America mm-hmm. should have the ability to say, no, I am safe. Yeah which is nice. Yeah, I love that. I love it. I'd like to give two quick tangible examples. Um, One is the term school bus. Yeah. So if, you know, you grab your kid's phone, you look at their text messages and you see school bus, you're not going to think anything of it. Yeah. But per our algorithm and our data, we learn that sometimes when kids start talking about a school bus, they're talking about a Xanax bar and it Mm -hmm. could be a drug related conversation. That's the level of detail that our algorithm could, pick up on. Wow. Also acronyms like KMS, mm-hmm. uh, that means kill myself. Mm-hmm. Now you might have just tripped in front of somebody and you're embarrassed and like you're not actually suicidal or 
the unfortunate very opposite could be taking place. Yeah. And that's where our algorithm can come into play. Wow, that's amazing. Matt and Titania, this has been such a great conversation. I mean, I feel like it is rich in content. Uh, our parents are going to find it so helpful. So thank you both so much. Thank you. All right, parents, I highly recommend their book, Parenting in a Tech World. It's full of practical advice, very specific things that you can do. It is very obviously written by parents who are navigating these same issues with their kids. Uh, and so they're, they're clearly the experts in the field. I recommend that you pick up the book, Parenting in a Tech World. Um, I'm personally going to buy it and share it with all the awesome parents that are in my world. So I hope this content was super helpful for you parents as you raise some of the best kids we get to meet anytime, anywhere. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.